Junior Church, go ahead on down. All right, take your Bibles this morning and turn to the book of Mark. Mark chapter 12. Mark chapter 12. We're going to start reading in verse 28. Mark 12, 28. It says, When one of the scribes came and having heard them reasoning together and perceiving that he had answered them well, asked him, Which is the first commandment of all? And Jesus answered him, The first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. And the second is like, namely this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is none other commandments greater than these. And the scribe said unto him, Well, Master, thou hast said the truth, 
For there is one God, and there is none other but He. And to love Him with all the heart, and with all the understanding, and with all the soul, and with all the strength, and to love His neighbor as Himself is more than all whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. And when Jesus saw that He answered discreetly, He said unto him, Thou art not far from the kingdom of God, and no man after that durst ask Him any question. Let's pray. Lord, I thank You so much for another chance to preach Your Word. And dear Lord, I pray that this message will speak to hearts. And Lord, I pray that You will help us to love You the way we're supposed to. I pray You'll help us to be obedient to this first and this greatest of all commandments. In Your name we pray. Amen. We just read an interesting story here about a scribe it mentions that he understands, notice he understands something about the Scriptures that other people hadn't noticed. Uh, he, but the Bible says though that he was still lacking. Jesus, it says in verse 34, it says, when Jesus saw that he answered discreetly, this scribe, he was really unusual uh, compared to most of the other ones because really these people, they were very religious. They were very, very big on their rituals and the traditions that they had as Jews. And let me tell you, those burnt offerings and those sacrifices they did, boy, they took them serious. And boy, these scribes, these were the guys, they were the ones that were, they were in charge of recording the Scriptures. They would, they would copy them all the time. And they knew the Scriptures very well. They knew the Bible well. And, but most of them, they knew it so well, they were really big about following kind of the letter of the law. They made sure they did all the sacrifices right and they followed everything. But unfortunately, they had kind of missed the spirit of the law. They missed the point. Most of them had missed the point of the whole law. But here comes a guy... And he noted, he says something that really nobody else had noticed. And he says, he said that these things to, to love God, he said it's more than all the burnt offerings. It's more than all the sacrifices. And Jesus notice, he notices this and he tells him, he says the Bible says he answered discreetly or he was right in what he said, but he says thou art not far from the kingdom of God. He, while this guy was way ahead of the rest of the group, he still was off just a little bit. He had missed something very, very important about this Scripture and about, uh, about these commandments. And, and the truth is, what he had missed, uh, one thing I believe that he had missed in this law, while he understood what it was, I believe that this man thought that he had fulfilled that law. I think this man thought that he had, that he probably, I don't think he believed that he had broken this law of not loving God. And I think that's where, I think that's where he erred. And we'll talk about that a little more as we go. But Jesus tells him, he says, really the first and the great commandment, another passage that calls it the greatest of the commandments. The title of this message is The Great Commandment is to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. We're going to look at how we love God with those four things. And I hope this, I hope this will be a help with you. But first of all, he said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart. With all thy heart. You know, if I could get people to do anything, it would be to love God. You know, I thought about this message and I thought, man, if the people of Liberty Baptist Church just start loving God, boy, there is just, there's no limit to what we can do. And while I think everybody in here, I doubt there's anybody in here that hates God, otherwise you wouldn't be here. 
I think all of us have a love for God, but I think all of us, if we were really honest with ourselves, we could say that all of us have broken this commandment. And really, you know, while the I mean, all the commandments are important. But notice he didn't say the great commandment is thou shalt not kill. That's probably that's one of the big ones that we talk about. You know, killing somebody, you know, stealing. We look at those as the really bad things, but if this is the greatest commandment, to break this, I believe, would be the greatest sin. And I hope you'll see as we go through here that all of us have broken that. And I believe that uh, this scribe here, Jesus, was trying to show him that you have broken this one too. And so to love God with all our heart. The meaning of this is really just loving Him with all of our power. Or loving Him supremely. More than anything else. To love Him with all the heart is to fix our affection supremely on His, one commentator says. More strongly than anything else. And to be willing to give up all that we hold dear at His command. Loving God with all our heart. In other words, God is the priority. God is a priority. You know, you can love God with all of your heart, and you still can love your family. You can love, uh, you can even love your job. You can even love your house and the things that you possess, and not break this commandment of loving God uh, with all your heart. This uh, loving God—it just means He has He has a priority. Supremely, God is not asking us to neglect anybody else. You know, the truth is, if our relationships were, was right with God, if we did love God with all of our heart, it would fix most relationship problems that we have with other people. Because did you know that if we love God with all our heart, we're going to see later, we're going to follow the things that He says. And you know what, husbands, we've been commanded by God to love our wives. So you know what? If you love God, you're going to love your wife. Wives are commanded by God to love their husbands. We're commanded to love our children. We're commanded to take care of our children and take care of our families. The Bible says a man that doesn't take care of his own, he's worse than an infidel. He's denied the faith. So God isn't asking us to neglect anybody, but one thing that God wants is for Him to have the priority. God but the truth is, God can be, uh, or a God can be anything that is exalted too much or that's put before Him. You know, on your bulletins, it has all of the Ten Commandments on there. Notice the first three commandments, they deal with our relationship with God. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. No God should come before God Almighty. Not at all. No God, or it says, Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image. We shouldn't make an image and make that our God and worship that image. We're not supposed to bow down ourselves to Him. We're not supposed to do things like that. Uh, Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. Very important. We should not, we should not be cursing the name of our God. If we love God, we're not going to do any of those things. It takes care of those first three commandments just like that, but just by us loving God. But God, a God can be anything that is exalted too much. There are a lot of things that people have as gods. In other words, they take the priority in their life. For some people, it is money. Money is the priority of their life. If there's a command in the Bible that says we're not supposed to do something, if it means that they can gain more money by going against that law, they will go against that law. You know why? Because their God is money. 
There are some people, their God might be sports. And listen, I'm not against having money. I'm not against liking sports. I like sports. Some of you probably, how many, anybody watch the World Series? I didn't get to see game seven. I wish I could have seen it. Even though I'm not a Cardinal fan. I don't like the Cardinals. I hope we don't have any Cardinal fans here. I don't want, but I don't want to offend anybody. There's nothing wrong with, with liking things like that. But if those things take priority over God, then we have a problem. We have, then we have a huge problem. Even just other, uh, even, and it really any pleasure. Whatever it is that takes the priority in our life, that is our God. And if you love God, you're gonna, you're not gonna have, there's gonna be no other gods before Him. You're not gonna go and you're not gonna give, you're not gonna give your life to something else. You're not gonna devote your life to something that's gonna take you away from Him. Many times people, they get, they, they get involved in things that just lead them away from God, lead them away from the house of God, lead them away from the will of God. You know why? Because their priorities are wrong. Their priority, they're breaking that commandment of loving God with all their heart. And when you love God with all your heart, He is going to be the priority in everything. And I promise, you get that down in your life, it's just going to help your relationships with other people. Some people say, well, my family's my priority. Well, you know what? If you want to have, if you want to take care of your family in the best way possible, follow the commandments of God. Love God and He'll help you be successful in loving your family. So, we gotta love God with all our heart. In other words, God is the priority. But then also He says, with all our soul. So what does that mean exactly? I believe that's talking about our life. It means we're willing to give up life itself or to devote our entire life to His service, to love Him, and to even be willing to die at His command. John 15.13 says, Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. You know, a person, if you love somebody, you will have no problem laying your life down for them. You have no problem risking your life for somebody that you love. If you had a family member that was in a situation where maybe a wife or a child or a husband, somebody that you love and they were in a life-threatening situation, you wouldn't even hesitate to go in and do something to try to help them or try to save them. You would be willing to give your life. You know why? Because you love that person. You love them with all your soul. They're, my family, I, I love them with all my soul. If, it was, if I had a choice of them dying or me dying, it's going to be me. I'd lay down my life for them in a second. I love them with all my soul. But to love God with all your soul, are you willing to lay your life down for them? There's a great book called Fox's Book of Martyrs. It tells the story of a lot of the early Christians who were put to death for their faith. And these were people who lived, who did love God with all their soul and they proved it by laying down their life for Him. You read stories about people who all they had to do was renounce Christ. All they had to do was admit their love for the emperor instead of their love for Christ. And these people would not do it. And they would go and be put to some horrible deaths. You know, because they love God with all their soul. They didn't mind dying for Him. They didn't even mind giving their life in service to Him. The Apostle Paul, you read about his life. He had a very difficult life, but it didn't bother him because his life was not his. It belonged to God. He loved God with all his soul. And I've got all these things. God is this, and they all start with a P. And this one's kind of, I have a tough time saying this word, but God is the potentate. 
I don't even know if I said that right. I just can't say that word. But it's a person who possesses great power or sway. It's somebody who, I mean, these person, they, they're just a powerful person. There are people like that today. There are, uh, there are certain politicians or there are certain even different celebrities that these people have a lot of power. They will, a lot of times they will try to get them to come maybe and advertise for a certain cause. You know why? Because if these, per- if certain people say donate money to this, people are going to donate money to it. Because these people have a lot of sway with people. They have a lot of power. They can say do something and people will do it. They have that kind of power over people. And that word is used in the Bible. 1 Timothy 6.15 says, "...which in his times he shall show who is the blessed and only potentate, the King of kings and Lord of lords." God ought to have the ultimate... He ought to be the ultimate influence in our life. This world that we live in today is full of influences. We have all kinds of them. I mean, the, the television is a huge influence today. I mean, we are constantly bombarded with commercials and advertisements and things. Uh, people trying to get us to eat certain places or to wear certain clothes. And, and, and we're all influenced by those things to a certain extent. But God ought to be the one who has the, is the ultimate influence in our life. That He is the one that we listen to more than anything else. We should not allow anything in our life, our love for even life itself, to cause us to disobey God. You don't have to turn there, but in Acts 20.24, 20, Paul said, "...but none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself." so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. He said, I don't, I don't count my life dear. In other words, I don't think Paul was suicidal at this point. I don't think it was that Paul necessarily hated his life, but Paul understood that he was living for something far greater than himself. That he was living and he was doing the will of God and he said, my life, is not that important. Paul many times went and he preached at places where it literally was a threat to his life being there. Him going there may have meant his death. But he didn't look at his life as something precious. But he did look at God as something precious. And the message of the Gospel as something precious. And he said that's far more important than the Apostle Paul. And he said, I'm gonna, I don't count my life dear. He said, none of these things move me. I am not influenced by the threats. I'm not influenced by what people are saying to me. I'm not influenced by that. I am only he been moved of God to go and preach, and that's exactly what he did. He loved God with all of his soul. Revelation twelve eleven says, And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto the death. This is talking about the martyrs. They loved not their lives. It doesn't mean these people necessarily hated their lives. But the truth is, they didn't love their lives more than they loved God. They loved God more and they died for their faith not because of a hatred for their lives, not because they were suicidal, but because they loved God more. They loved Him with all their soul and God was the ultimate influence in their life, and we've got we've got to do that. We're because we are more influenced today than ever before. 
I mean, with advertisements, you see them everywhere. They're on billboards, the newspapers, the televisions. I mean, they're all over the place. The internet. I mean, we're constantly bombarded with these things. People telling us, you have to have these things. I mean, how many teenagers today feel like they are a victim of child abuse if they do not have a cell phone? Why do they think that? Why do they think that? You know why? Because of influences. All their friends have them. Everybody they see on TV has them. They see the commercials with all the teenagers walking around with giant smiles on their faces talking on their cell phones. And they think, I have to have these things or my life is not complete. I am abused. And the truth is, most of us in here, we didn't have one when we were a teenager. I got a, I remember I, my first cell phone, I was 18 when I got it. I got it for Christmas. And I was upset when I got it. Because... At first, I was like, okay, cell phone, cool. Not many people had them then. But I, remember, but I remember my dad, when I found out I had to pay the bill on it, I was like, that's not even a present. But it wasn't a big deal. But these days, kids, they will go get a job so they can pay their cell phone bill because it's that important. Because people think they have to have it. And I'm not saying it's bad, but I'm just saying that's what the influence is doing. And we are being, and literally, we're being influenced out of Christianity almost. People think church isn't that important. You don't need to go to church. It's not necessary. You don't have to do any of those things. But the truth is, if we love God with all our soul, God is the potentate. He is the influence. He is the one with the power and the sway over our life, not the world. And then thirdly, we see that we have to love God with all our mind. In other words, we submit the intellect to His will. Now this here, if you do this, this here, it's... It sounds easy, but it's tricky. If you get this down in your life, you're going to be doing very well. We submit everything to His teaching and guidance. In other words, what we, when we, the way we love God with all our mind. You know, is if we're being, if we're all honest here, if we're being honest, there are a lot of things that are in the Bible that we don't agree with. I think, I think if we're, if we're honest. We would admit that that I don't. That doesn't really make sense. Okay, I don't. I don't agree with what that says. In fact, I maybe you'll admit I don't even get that. I don't see why. I don't think that's the best. But when we love God with all our mind, what we're doing is we're saying, you know what? Who cares what I think? I'm going to go by what God thinks. If you can do that. That's how, that is going to be how you love God with all your mind. And it is going to help you so much. In other words, God is the persuader. Exodus chapter 20, verse 4 and 6. Uh, Exodus 24 and 6. I'll have to turn over there. We let, God is the one that we listen to. He is the one that, I mean, that determines what's right and wrong. We don't go by what we think. We go by what God thinks. Notice it says... Uh, thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image, thou or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or that is in earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them, nor serve them. For I, the Lord God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me, and showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. You know what we you you're probably going to hear a lot today in this day and age. You're going to hear it a lot. Is when you start talking about the things of God, 
you start talking about the commandments of God, people will say, well, I think this. Or I feel this way. And it's different than what the Bible says. And listen, I think different than the Bible all the time. I feel different than what the Bible says all the time. But we see here that one of the Ten Commandments is not to make it of the any graven image. So how is you just disagreeing with something that God says making a graven image? We well, you know what we've done in this in this world today, and especially in this country, is we have adopted the mindset that whatever God you want to have is okay. You want to serve this God? That's fine. Who am I to judge? Okay. Now we're nobody to judge, but the Word of God. They'll say, thou shalt have no other guys before me. They'll say, you know, well, I believe in God, but I believe in God this way. Or I believe in God in that way. And then, well, you know what everybody's doing? Is we're all creating our own God. Now, we don't have an image of Him that we bow down to. We don't have, most of you probably don't have statues in your house that you go and you offer sacrifices to and that you pray to and you worship. Some people might do that. But I imagine you don't do that. But in a sense, if we're not careful, we all can create our own God. Right after this happens, we see the children of Israel, they went and made a God that was in the image of a golden calf. Now, why they made a God in the image of a calf, I'll never get it. When I grew, when I was a child and a teenager, we lived at a farmhouse. And we rented the house and it had cows out there. And I remember cows, I'm telling you, uh, you know, they're, they're not the smartest animals in the world. And I remember every once in a while though, those cows, they would find a way to get out of the cow pasture. And you know, we could have 20 cows all get out of the cow pasture, and it was real easy for me to just open a gate, and I could chase them all back into the gate. It was easy with the cows. But the calves, it was a different story. They were too dumb. They would just get scared, and they would run right past it, and they'd run all over the place and just be panicking and going nuts. And it was really hard to get the calves in there because they're they're very, very dumb animals. They're not real smart. Why would you make a god to look like a calf. I have no idea what made them want to do that. We see later in uh, in their history, King Jeroboam, he went and made two golden calves. And he made the people worship these golden calves. I don't know what it was, but during this time, and there's even some cultures today, people, they want to make their statues and they want to make their own God and they'll create all these different images and things that they worship. And we don't do that much in our, our culture today. We make gods in our mind. We make, up, we make up what we think God is and what He should be in our mind. Our mind makes its own God. And really the truth is, when we do that, we're basically saying that we are our own God. If We make God whatever we want Him to be. And that's sad. That is completely opposite of what we're supposed to do. But that's what happens when we're making that's making graven images. That's bowing, that's uh, we're not submitting or we're not loving God with all our mind. When you love God with all your mind, even when you think something different, if you can look and see in the Word of God where it says opposite of what you think, you say, "Okay, forget what I say. I'm going to go by what the Bible says." That's hard to do. That's hard to do. But God's told us to do it to love Him with all our mind. Enough with what I what I think. That's why I try to give you all these Bible verses. I don't want I don't want to just stand up here and tell you 
what Brother Tommy thinks. What's Because that's not important. What's important is what does God think? What does God say? What does His Word say? And when we submit to that, when we go, we quit think, worrying about what we think and we quit worrying about what we feel and we start concentrating on what God said, we can have great victory in our life. That's loving God with all our mind. God is the persuader. And then fourthly, we love Him with all our strength. With all, he said, love him with all thy strength. In other words, just with all that physical power that we have. That we're willing to labor and toil for his glory. I mean, we'll go, we'll, I mean, as hard as we can. And let me tell you, our, as far as my strength goes, I don't really have that much to offer. I'm not, I'm not that strong of a person physically. Mentally, especially, or even spiritually. But you know what I can do is I can do my very best. There's going to be times when your strength is going to be weak. Where church isn't what you're, you're not going to, you're not going to feel like going to church. You're, you're, you're tired. You're just, you're wore out. You've been going through a lot physically, mentally, and you're thinking, I, I can't do it. But you go ahead and you do it anyway. You did, you do your best. Maybe, um, uh, maybe when it comes to reading your Bible, boy, I think you've all probably been there before. You go and you try to read your Bible, and what, what do you want to do? You want to fall asleep. You get tired. You start getting drowsy. But you know what? You go ahead and you do it. You do it anyway. You do. Uh, you work for God. You, uh, you 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 read your Bible. You witness to other people. You do everything that's in your ability, and it might not be much, but you give it all to God. There's been many times where I've just been wore out. And just done, and I just I didn't want to go on. But the truth is, I'm trying to love God with all my strength. And then listen to this: the Bible says, or and there's there's two verses I want to look at. But so when we love God with all our strength, if we really love Him, we're gonna okay. We want to do as much as we possibly can. Okay. In fact, if you love God with all your strength. You're going to look at your own strength and you're not going to be satisfied with it because you're going to realize my strength isn't enough. God deserves way more than I have to offer Him. But that's when you start looking at when we realize that God is our power. God is our power. Where we get our power from? Philippians 4.13 says, Apostle Paul's talking, he said, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. The Apostle Paul he, he was able to do some great things, but Paul was weak himself. He mentions that many times in the Bible, but he did great things for God because God gave him the strength to go on. There's going to be many days when you think you can't go on. You can't think you can go, you'll think you can't go another step. But God will give you the power. Isaiah 40.31 says, But they that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Do you know when you do the things that God wants you to do, when you love Him with all your strength, you're going to find yourself doing things that you never thought you had the ability to do. The things you never thought you had the strength to do. You were able to do it. Because you know what? You you were able to go beyond just your own abilities. Because our own abilities aren't much. You've been able to, you've tapped into the power source of God. And you've been able to do things far greater. And then He gets the glory for it because you know it's because of Him. 
But if you, if when we love God with all our strength, we'll give our all. And then God will go and He'll give us the power to do even more than what we could do on our own strength. And what an exciting thing that is. So how could this Pharisee, how could he be so close and still not make it? He, he didn't, there was one thing that he didn't understand. There was one thing that none of us can have completely is he had, he had disobeyed the greatest commandment. I believe that this was a good man as far as we're concerned. I believe this was a very well educated man. I think he knew the Bible very well. I think he knew it real good. But the truth is, I believe that he was depending on his own righteousness. Somebody who truly loves God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength are going to understand that we fall short all the time. That there are times we let other things take priority over God. There are times when we let other things influence influence us more than God. There are times when we don't love God with our mind. We go by what we think and feel more than what the Bible says. And there are times when we're... You know, we don't love with all our strength. We don't even really try. Or maybe you're satisfied with doing things in your own strength instead of asking God to want more. I believe this man had done that. But he was he didn't realize that. He thought he was good enough. He was relying on his own righteousness. But the Bible says in Isaiah 64.6 that we are all as an unclean thing and all our righteousnesses is as filthy rags. That's what we are by ourselves. And if we love God, we're not going to be content with that. If we love God, we're going to we're going to do our best and we're going to trust in his righteousness. We're going to trust in him to, for us to be able to do more because of our love for God. So I hope you'll do that today. If, if you love God, if you can obey that great commandment. If the people in this area would just love God, supposed to it would it, it would start a revival that could change this country. But so many times we put things in front of God. And I hope you'll take these things and you'll search your heart and ask, how can I make sure I'm doing this the way God wants? We should all love God way more than we do. So with that, let's all stand together right now.